Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen, amen, amen. God is good, love life. God is good. Good morning, good morning. I am pumped and excited for the message, and it is going to be a life-changing one, amen? Just say amen in agreement, because I guarantee you, if you are alive, that means you will hear my voice, you are going to get impacted. The title of the message is Cast It All, but uh, the message is taken from 1 Peter 5, 7, that states, cast all your anxiety to the Lord. Cast all your anxiety to the Lord, and I, I promise you, when this service ends, that you're gonna have a whole different understanding of pretty much what you believe or the thought process of what that scripture means. And what I'm doing is, is I'm doing what I've committed to for the past few years now as far as bringing the scripture to life and making it relevant for today. And the only way that can happen is if we grab this scripture, in reference to our lives, and we start putting it to use. The only way that can be done is is bringing it into a different picture of how we see it. We start taking this in in a way where we understand why it was written. We understand that it was written, and we understand why. And when we start doing that, everything starts changing in how we receive it and the action of it. Because what happens is right now, everything you do is tied to your understanding, your opinion, your viewpoint of your life and the word received into that life. So what happens is a lot of times the Bible can get watered down through your experiences, how you perceive God. Remember last week we were talking, if you weren't here, we talked about a few things, how what Christians believe that aren't even in the Bible, but we believe that they are. And how many other things do we believe that, that aren't lined up with Scripture? How many other things do we blame God on or we make excuses for when we don't really know what is this Bible teaching me? What is it really saying? Listen, This is what it comes down to. We've got to get this information into our lives. It will not connect with this in a religious concept. It will not connect in our lives with a religious picture. It's got to become life. It's got to be something where I'm relating to this. I've said this for years. When I started receiving God's word to me is when things started changing. When I started receiving God's word to me, not reading a Bible, not looking at a religious picture, not, not, not hearing what other people's opinions, what does this Bible, what is it saying to me? Well, I've got to be able to look at it in a correct way, and that is, what is it saying? No, really, what is it saying? No, really, what is it saying? He said, cast all your anxiety, cares, cast all your cares to the Lord. What is he 
really saying to me? Because I can tell you what he isn't saying is the way most Christians do this, all right? This is what he isn't saying. You tell me about misery that's going on in your life. How terrible and how, how the situation you're dealing with is just, it's too much and, you're, and you're, you're distraught and filled with anxiety and fear and I see it over you and I go, that's okay, sister. Cast it to the Lord. Cast all your cares to Jesus. Have a nice day. Yeah, that's pretty much what we do as Christians. We love to use the scripture in that way. In other words, do that and everything will be better. Cast it to Jesus. Cast it to Jesus. Or, or this one. And by the way, this is not scriptural. Lay your cares before the Lord. Do you know there's no, that's not spoken anywhere in the Bible? And I guarantee you Christians believe that that is biblical. Lay your cares before the Lord. And it's not in the Bible. When God relates to us concerning anxiety, fear, these things that cause turmoil in our lives, he says, cast it away. Now, I'm bringing this into relevancy. I'm bringing this into life because who are we? We're, we're followers of Jesus, right? We're not followers of religion. We're not followers of, of, of goofiness. We're followers of Jesus. Jesus did not walk three and a half years on this life to show us silly stuff. He showed us life. And it contradicted all the religious people on the planet during that time. It contradicted all the, the professionals of Scripture. And I'm going to tell you right now, we need to as well contradict the professionals of Scripture. Why? Because it's about life. It's all about life, and that's all it's about. And this thing is life. I don't have to get you to agree uh, uh, that, that my enchilada is awesome. I need to know what's awesome. I don't care what you think. I love it. I don't need you to determine if this is right. I, I need you to recognize that we need to partake of this stuff, not concerned about anything else other than I need to eat for life. If I don't eat, I'm gonna end up dying. If I don't drink water, I'm gonna end up dying. I have to have these things. Why? Because it's based upon life. I can't mess around with this any longer. I need to connect the dots. And this is a big dot to connect because I want to be able to do this. Cast all my cares to Jesus because he cares for me. And then what's my definition? This is the key. What's my definition of what just happened? And this is why the scripture don't work. You say that, pastor? I just did. See, the truth of that scripture works completely. But our definition creates it not to work. Because we're assuming something that God never said, this is what it means. Because I can tell you right now. Define that right now based upon you reading, cast all your cares to the Lord for he cares for you. And I'm gonna tell you what most people do through definition. I take my care, I give it to God, and it's no longer there. He's got it. It's disappeared. And y'all know that's a big fat lie. It's still right in front of you. 
As a matter of fact, sometimes when you cast it, it becomes bigger. And all of a sudden, it even becomes heavier. And you're like going, what's up with that? I cast it to Jesus. And this is the common response. And you know what? The correct response. It must not be real. It must not be true. I'm telling you. Guess what? That's a correct and right response to a wrong definition of that scripture. But if you know the scripture correctly, and, and I say this a lot, people are like going, well, you think you know more? No, I think this. The Bible makes it very clear that we're to rightly divide the word of truth, right? The Bible says, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does that mean? That means it can be wrongly divided, right? Yes or no? If it can rightly divided, it can be wrongly divided. I believe that most information, listen, I'm not talking, talking like I've been perfect all my life. I've gone through the journey of goofiness. I've gone through the journey of religion. I went to Bible college for God's sake. That really screws with people. I'm telling you. And the thing is, is through that journey, one thing has kept me being able to adjust and repair. And that is my passion to do God's will, his heart. It's always gonna be number one in my life, period. No matter what I go through, I am committed. I made a commitment years and years ago that I am totally 100% sold out for him. So however that journey goes, my bad or whatever, if I make a bad decision, bad, it don't matter. My heart is always, he's number one, and I'm gonna do it. Now I've had to, Father, forgive me. I've had to, oh man, was that bad. Ooh, that was a dumb thing to believe. I've had to go through that. But I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart that my view of, through all the years I've been doing this, has become an ability to see truth in the simplest, most easiest way to where anybody can hear it and do it, which, by the way, defines I love Jesus. That's what he said. These are those that love me. They hear and do my word. Now, if Jesus is throwing down that, man, come on, can we use some common sense? For God so loved the, the who? Not, not the perfect people? For God so loved the obedient ones. For God so loved the ones that would not sin a lot. No, for God so loved the whole stinking world, the messed up world, that he gave Jesus. Okay, now Jesus comes on the scene, and what he does is he starts alienating people. When God said, I want everybody, he said, God, this is God's word, I want all men and women to be saved. What's the will of God? Everybody to get saved. Now, we know not everybody will because of choice, but What's the will of God? Everybody, everybody. Jesus comes on the scene now, and what's he do? He starts making it difficult. No, he doesn't. That's why religion hated him. He made it too simple. They threw down a woman in the act. Not, she did this last week, Jesus, in the act. She was, she was having sex with another guy. Where the other guy went, I think it was a Pharisee. But anyway, that's my viewpoint. Why? Why? Because those Pharisees didn't take him. 
Why didn't they take him? I believe he was part of the club. But anyway, that's my belief. When you're in heaven, I'm right. All right, so anyway. They take that woman, throw her at the feet of Jesus, and go, boom, throw the first, throw the stones. Let's throw the stones. Let's do this. And Jesus looks at them and goes, you who have never done any sins, you've committed no sins, go ahead and start throwing stones. And you know what happened? The story is they all walked away. What was Jesus doing? Number one is he was combating a religious law because that is the law. See, we want to look at it as, wow, look at Jesus standing up to all those religious guys and they'll walk away. No, you know what he did? He just went against the law of God that said when a woman is in adultery, she should be stoned and put to death. That was the Old Testament law, people. Jesus just, Jesus just went straight up against it and said, do it then. And no one would do it. I can tell you right now, the only person that could have was him. And what was his response? It was not a judgmental one. What are we believing? What are we believing? I want us to know. I want us to know and believe these scriptures so we can have success in life. That's what I want. I want our lives to be able to be lived accordance to the Bible. That can sound so spiritual, but it actually isn't. It's so Pay attention to my words. I use them carefully. It's so life. It's so life. And that's what I want us to be, operating in life. I just recently um, started a different type of workout, uh, rucksack, rucksack working out. It got me really interested in, in this workout because there was no running involved. Then I go, sign me up. If it's going to make me healthy and I don't have to run, bam, I'm, I'm that guy. Okay, I'm, I'm that guy. So it sounded like I'm ah, not that bad until I did it the first day. And then I realized, what did I get myself into? And, I, and so, but the thing was, is I was experiencing something where ultimately I realized, you know what, this is good. I like it. And the concept is a life concept. And this is what's so awesome is I get to explain to you a life concept based upon something I'm just experiencing right now. It's pretty cool. So the rucksack is a, a workout to where you put 30 pounds. I'm, I put 30, and you can go 20 or whatever. Um, but I'm so cool I went higher, which is really stupid. But anyway, that's besides the point. I'm trying that cool. But this, thing, this isn't light. 30 pounds, I mean, you can hear it. It's not a light thing. Am I crazy to be doing this? <laughs> I know it is, huh? But once you put it on your back, you know, it's, it's supposed to be you know, a little lighter, but it's not. So anyway, what the rucksack is, is you're, you're using the weight and you're walking. Now, let's, let's be common sense on this. Okay, life is this, it says, walk this way in scripture. Walk this way is the definition, live life. We walk in the spirit and not live life 
in the Spirit. Do you see what I'm saying? The word walk is in relation to, relationship to life, all right? Walking in life. So I can walk three miles. No, walk three miles. Now, it, will it be good for me? Sure. But how good will it be? Well, I'll be able to walk three miles. A little exercise is good. I'm not saying running. I'm just saying walking. Some of you ladies, you can walk three miles in a mall and take all day because of your pit stops. But the point is, is you can walk. So life, we walk, right? So I walk. I'm walking. Cast all your anxiety to the Lord. That would be in reference to something that becomes heavy in my life. Something that becomes not normal, but restrictive. I'm going to read something. I wrote this over a month ago or so. And in that, this series opened up. Ultimately, as I go through this series, I'm telling you right now, your lives are never going to be the same again. After today, you're going to go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But I'm going to move into the information as far as church. Because ultimately, I believe most people who go to church don't even know what church is about or what the purpose of church is. What, what, what's the, the vision of the house? And, and, and to be able to understand all this thing that will give you a whole different view, a whole different experience of why we do what we do. Because if you don't know, if you don't get it, you can't do this forever. And you understand what I'm saying? In other words, we have so many issues when it comes to looking at things we're doing, you know? We go through a process of time, and then, oh, we need to change. We go through a process of time. And we don't relate to church in the sense of life. When it has to do with life, there's no stopping point. There's a starting, but you, then you live life. You understand that? And the right concept of church becomes, it becomes so important because it doesn't become a burden in your life or this thing that causes um, confusion or frustration. It's a part of life. But if you don't have the picture of it, 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 you don't engage correctly. And it can be misused or abused in your own personal life. It can be something that becomes a guilt, condemning. It can be something where, you know, you relate to it as, I, I can do it or don't do it. But when it becomes life and understanding and it, then it becomes so different. It, just how you experience, how you view it. I understand this. I've, I, I've done this long enough to where I've gone through this process of the religious concept of church to the life concept of church. Life concept of church is so much better than the other concepts. The other concepts were tied to, man, am I awesome because I go to church? Am I great because I go to church more than once a week? Am I, and it was tied to all that, but I can tell you right now, in the freedom area of information of scripture, lacking big time, and I was messed up during that time. Even Bible college. So you go through that process, and I'm still not living life. I have a life, and it's connected to Christianity, but Christianity was not my life. You'll get a clear picture of that as I go down this journey. John chapter 14, verse 27. I'm going to read the Living Bible, but it's a really good translation. 
I am leaving you with a gift, Jesus says, peace of mind and heart. I'm leaving with you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. It's not breakable like the peace the world gives. The peace the world gives, it's gonna break. It's gonna shut down on you. He goes, the peace I have is way different, so don't be troubled or afraid. Don't be troubled or afraid. As follower of Jesus, I'm sure you personally know that there's nothing more tormenting than to go through your daily life with a troubled heart. Okay, I'm writing, I wrote this and I'm reading it, okay? The word troubled is a state of distress. It means to agitate, stir up the mind, to cause anxiety. When someone is troubled, they start viewing life with apprehension. They create a negative outlook, which affects decisions in your life. The tendency in a troubled life is to pull back, start alienating yourself. It can tear you up emotionally and steal your joy. So this is what being troubled or fearful does. Please hear the words of Jesus. Because this is what religious responses are. I want to know God's will is for my life. I want to know God's will is for my life. And, and, it, and it's more stated to what am I going to be? Am I going to be a pastor? Am I going to be? And we start dictating what that really is. Take the word of God and allow the word of God to speak to you. Because it shows you his will over and over and over. If you could just get this easy part, it'll impact your life. Because what easy part is this? The will of the Father spoken by Jesus is this. And I'm telling you, this is his will for your life. Are you ready? Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. I ask you this question. You think Jesus is a liar? Anybody in here? You want to stand up and proclaim the Son of God lies? How about tricky? He's a trickster. Anybody here want to say, you know what, Jesus, he's, he's tricky with his words. Anybody want to do that? How many believe that Jesus doesn't lie? All right. How many believe when Jesus speaks, he speaks the Father's will? Okay, if you don't know that, that's exactly what he said. You just said he doesn't lie. So I'm telling you what he said. He said, I only speak my Father's will. I only speak what he tells me to say. All right, so this is God's will spoken through the Lord Jesus. And what did the Lord Jesus say the Father's will and his will is? Don't be afraid, filled with anxiety, troubled, and don't feel fearful. Don't be troubled, don't be filled with anxiety. I'm telling you right now, a lot of you have 30 pounds on your back and you're at life going, this life's too heavy and you're filled with turmoil and fear. And I'm giving you an answer to be free. Be free today. Hear this pastor's words that aren't given lightly. They're carrying weight, literally carrying weight. And I'm telling you right now, you're going through life, your jobs, your relationships, families, whatever, and there's all kinds of things going on. There's all kinds of weights out there. And now you're in church, and you're, you're waiting for a dog and pony show, entertainment, whatever, the point is, is if you don't change how you think 
coming in here, it's never going to help you. And you're robbing yourself and others of the truth of what God wants for you, and he wants you free. He who the Son sets free. Why is this in there? Because I'm going to tell you right now, he's not saying, Daniel, I don't want you to have or ever have a weight. He's not saying that. Casting all your care upon him is not saying, this ain't on my back. Well, what's he saying? He's saying exactly what he said. We defined it incorrectly. But wait a minute, how are we defining it? We're defining it this way. Cast away all your care, and it disappears. Jesus has it. It's no longer there. Christian, have you ever used the scripture, cast all your cares to the Lord? Anybody in here ever use it? Did it totally disappear and it was nowhere found? No, exactly. Then who's the liar? You define life based upon your understanding. What you believe is true. You believe it's true. What is your response? It's correct, by the way. If your response is this, God is a liar. Now hear what I'm saying. That response is correct to your truth, but not his truth. But it doesn't matter because you believe it's his truth. You believe it's his truth. So it's correct for you to go, I still have it, I'm still miserable, I cast it to you and nothing happened. You're not telling the truth. But that's not correct, but it doesn't matter if it's correct. That's your correct response to what you believe is true. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's correct to what you believe. You believe your marriage is not worth it. What's your correct response to what you do? What over 50% of all Christians do? Divorce. Just like the world, nothing different. How can the Christian life be exactly the same as the world's? You explain that to me, because I can't, I can't answer the question. All I can see is, how in the world do people getting God's word have the same, same exact, same exact principles of, I mean, percentages of failure? There's only one answer to that question. I know it now. It's because they don't have the word. They have religion. And religion will never produce life. I don't care who you are. It will never produce life. It'll never produce life in the marriage. It'll never produce life in relationships. It'll never produce life. It can't produce life. It is nothing but death. It is total and complete destruction. It is nothing but condemnation and guilt. And you might be saying, how could you say that? Because that's the words of Jesus. And I believe him over anyone else. He said to the religious professionals, the ones that studied God's word their whole lives, he said, you are of your father, the devil. Steal, kill, and destroy. And what does religious concepts do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Now, hear what I'm saying. What do you do about it? 
you pay attention. You listen. You establish the right understanding of a wise man or woman. You hear information. You now look at the information recorded in your belief system. And you start saying, wait a minute. I thought this way was true. I am wrong. So now I change that to this new understanding. By the way, I'm teaching you Romans 12 too. It's the only way to know the will of God. Romans 12, 2 says this, renew your minds. Renew your minds so that you will know the will of the Father. How do I know his will? Renew my mind. What is his will? No fear, no anxiety. I would never see it that way. I would think it's just the way it is. But it is, but it isn't. It's how do we define what he's saying? It's not difficult. That's what I'm trying to say. It's going to be very simple. It's just how we're taught. And I want us to be taught right because this has to work tonight. It has to work tomorrow. It has to work when you get up. It has to work on your, your, your way to work. It has to work in life because this is all that this is about, life. It's about life. And everything in his word is trying to get us to understand this because God wants your marriage is good. He wants your relationships good. He wants life good. I have come, Jesus says, to give you life and life more abundantly. That's not a life and life more miserably. Not life and a life full of hell. Not life and, oh man, you're gonna you know, barely get to heaven. No, an abundant life. But abundant life is an understanding life of what his word says. So what is Jesus really saying on cast your care to the Lord? For he cares for you. Number one is the word cast is not a one-time term. In the Greek language, it's casting, casting, what does that mean? It means you're gonna do it more than once. What am I gonna do more than once? Get rid of the stuff that I probably created. When the bills are piling in and they wanna take you know, my, my car, my house, my dog, when they wanna do stuff like that, it's because I screwed up in how to handle money. When they wanna do, when things start happening, ultimately it reflects to me of some bad decisions I made. But what does my father do? He doesn't qualify that scripture. Oh, by the way, Casting all your care is only for those that are obedient to me. Casting all your care is only for those that are walking perfect walks. No! Casting all your care on Jesus are to all of us losers. Every one of us messed up people in church today. Start looking with the eyes of understanding. Let your hearts be enlightened to the truth. Open up your eyes to wisdom and revelation knowledge. You know why you need to? Because I say that over your life every single day. And you better start doing it. And I mean it. Because that's what I do. That's what I'm believing for each one of you in here. Why? Because your life matters. Not church, life matters. This is a connection to life. 
need you to get hold of this stuff so that out there, you're experiencing a whole different life than the world, which means our decision-making processes will not tie to their statistics. And marriages rarely get divorced. Not 50-50. Not the same as the world. You gotta see life correctly. And it becomes less judgmental, less attacked-oriented. Christians today, they're the first to attack. They're the first to just, ugh. It ought not to be that way because everything about the word I see is about love one another. Love, love, love. But you watch anything perceived wrong, Christians jump on that wrong like they're piranhas. It's crazy. It's sad. Jesus wasn't that way. And isn't that what we're supposed to be reflecting the life of our Lord? I thought that's what the Bible taught us. I know it's a spiritual cliche. Uh, I just want to do what Jesus does, and then I want to act like the devil all week and try to act spiritual. I mean, how stupid is that? I'm done with stupid. I'm done with religious con artists. I'm done with people that try to act like, you know, just all they're tied to emotionalism and spiritualism, and they live with no character. I'm done with that. Done with that. Those are Jezebels, as far as I'm concerned. I'm talking about, we need, to, oh, that's a whole different teaching. We're moving right along. When a person stays in trouble, it also opens a door to an even greater enemy, fear. When fear is added to the mix, it can escalate your troubled state to a higher level of anxiety. This is why it is so important that you take Jesus' words deep into your heart. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. That is the will of God. The word afraid depicts a gripping fear that robs of strength and courage. When fear is involved in your life, it will rob you of the ability to face what is before you and steal all the strength from you. Pay attention to this. This is powerful. As I was writing this, I, as I, it takes me a while to write. And once I start, though, it just starts flowing. It's pretty cool. I, it's, I just love this. But... As I started writing that, I started reflecting, wait a minute, Jesus said, Jesus said, and it kept going through my head, Jesus said, and then I thought about this, because this isn't something I've never taught before as far as all the negative effects of fear and anxiety. I mean, I've, I've researched this stuff, but I just thought about it. Jesus said this a few thousand years ago, and he's talking to people that he knows some, most of them are going to lose their lives because of who they believe in. This is the beginning of, of church life. And he says, don't be troubled and don't be fearful. And I thought, man, a few thousand years ago, they didn't know the effects of anxiety and fear. They didn't have psychological studies done. They didn't have medical science proving what happens to the body. A few thousand years ago, Jesus said to them, don't be filled with anxiety and don't be fearful. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said to us, don't be filled with anxiety 
Don't be filled with fear. To us, and we have the proof of the devastation of what anxiety, a troubled heart, and fear will produce. This isn't something where guesswork. We know it kill, steals, and destroys. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, I am delivering you from the effect of who the devil is. We know that trouble and a fearful life, and this is what I've researched, it causes serious health problems, including mental health problems, depression, anxiety, personality disorders, cardiovascular disease, heart disease, high blood pressure, abnormal heart rhythms, heart attacks, stroke, and I can go on and on to the devastation of carrying anxiety and fear. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was saying, I already know the negative effects, and my will for you is to drop this mess. My will for you is to be free from that weight. My will for you is to know my truth that'll set you free. My will for you is to be in this life correctly, not wrongly, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that word of truth is saying, I'm going to give you a life, a successful life. And if you can connect with these truths, you're going to have an awesome relationship, awesome marriages. You're going to have awesome parenting, awesome children. Why? Because we're connecting the dots to real life based upon the truth of Jesus. Amen. Are you guys hearing me? So, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care unto the Lord, for he cares for you. Read the context. We pull out the scripture, that's for me, but read the context. What is he saying? To who is he saying this to? And what is the true definition of it? We know that it does not mean I'll never have a problem again. Father, according to the Bible, 1 Peter 5, 7, I cast this care to you. It's God. Thank you, Father. You care for me. I swear I would love that to be true. I'm telling you, scouts honor, all of them. Whatever's gonna give me wishful hope. I mean, I'd, I'd put a... A five-leaf clover, I'm Irish, on me right now. In other words, that would be awesome, and it would be sort of amazing because we'd all be perfect. None of us would have any issues because we cast it and all of a sudden disappear. Do you know what would that mean? That would mean no one would not be a Christian because they would see, man, every, you, all the bills, they were gonna take your house, and all of a sudden you, you cast it to God, and now they're, they said, you can have your house, and that's okay. We're not gonna, you're not going to pay any bills. Gosh, I'd be going to Safeway and say, don't worry about it. I won't pay for it. God will take care of it. Hey, you're arrested for stealing from Safeway. That's the way. Father, I cast this care to you. And the police go, oh, that's okay. Hey, you want me to help you push your cart? No, but see, that's how crazy it gets. But honestly, that's how you can define it. 
Because crazy Christians have crazy beliefs. And I'm not saying it's the Christian's fault. It's the teaching fault or it's what we've created through our opinions of our past life. We can't be free this way. Let's read it the right way. See, I said how rough this was, and I can walk three miles without it, but when I put it on and I walk three miles, something's gonna happen. Something very beneficial for me than if I didn't have it on. All of a sudden, my legs are getting stronger. My heartbeat is racing a little higher. My core is getting stronger. My shoulders, my back, things start happening that are going to benefit me for a longer, healthier life, all because I put some weight on my back in this walk. Wow, is that interesting? Now I've got this heavy weight, but see, when I first put it on and just started it, I was like, what the heck am I doing? This is like crazy. This is, this is heavy, three miles, oh my gosh, my legs are hurting. And, and, and it was almost like, is this worth it? I opened my big fat mouth and said, oh, I'll do it too. How stupid is that? Oh, excuse me, I was reflecting. <laughs> but I did do it. And I did it the second time. And Monday is going to be my third time. Probably going to lighten the weight because I've been walking with this thing for so much today. It's like, I'm going to add it to Monday. Yeah, I work that way. Judge me, whatever. I don't care. But the point is, I'm going to take off a mile for all I've been doing right now. <laughs> the point is, is this. I know it's going to be beneficial. So what really happens up here? It's not what it used to be. It's not stressful. I feel the weight, but I don't have fear and anxiety. It's heavy, but my outlook's different. You see, the, the thing's here, but it's not like it used to be. Now it's like, all right, I feel it, but I know it's doing to this. I know it's doing to this. I know what it's doing. And all of a sudden, this weight is like, hey, Whatever, because the benefits outweigh the weight. And what is anxiety and fear really? What is it? Is it the weight or is it how I perceive the weight? Oh, I see light bulbs going off. How am I perceiving this? You see, the casting the care is casting the definition of it to the Lord. What do you mean, does that take care of? No. What happens is, is what takes care of things on life? How I perceive and how I act. It's everything in life. You can have different kinds of things that you deal with in life, but how you perceive and how you act determines the life you experience right? That's why some people can go through exactly what you're going through and be like, what's the big deal? 
and you're crumbling. You're like, oh my God, what do you mean? What's that big deal? That's how I'm saying I got 30 pounds on my back. What are you crazy? This is heavy. This is heavy. And the other person's like going, well, I don't know, man. I mean, I can understand 30 pounds, but it's not that bad. Well, why are they, why are they, why are they acting that way? Because how are you perceiving the weight? See, even in temptation, the, the scripture says that in temptation, the father understands the weight of the temptation. And when you trust him, he'll make a way of an escape of the temptation. Serious. We, we, speak, that, we speak that scripture out, but we aren't paying attention to it. What is exactly he's saying? Let me ask you something this. Is a temptation something good? It's not? Would you relate it to sin? Whose? Yours. Whoops. That is. What do you mean? The temptation is the sin that you're dealing with. It's just on you. You're the nasty person. I'm saying that with all love. No, but hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. Is the temptation good? No. Is this a negative? Temptation, sin, on me, affecting me, bad, ugly, death, destruction, no, it's not a good thing, not a good thing. And then God, his word, please hear me. God in his word says this. When you're tempted, you better define it correctly. I can tell you what you're doing right now. You've already defined God's view of you in the midst of, <laughs> I'm not saying you guys act like that when you're tempted. I'm trying to make an, a weird looking, oh, scary, run away. That's the only thing I can think of. It just popped to my head. But I need you to pay attention to what I'm saying. You've got to get this with life understanding. We aren't looking at God in the manner of what God's word says. We're looking at God going, oh, you filthy sinner, you're no good. You're, oh, how dare you? How dare you think that way? Are we not? Is that not true? That's how we pay attention to God, right? Isn't that how we believe in it right now? Temptation is the midst of your mind being tempted to do something wrong. Yes or no? Yes or no? And what do we think God's thinking about us when we're thinking all nasty? You rotten, no good Christian. Come on, is there anybody that's getting this? Then why in the world would that God that's so quick to judge us with our evil thoughts, why would he be saying, but I want you to get an escape from that? If he's thinking, you no good, dirty thought person, what am I doing? I'm revealing the truth in a way that relates to life. Not religiously, I'm giving you life. Because how are you going to overcome? How are you gonna win? How are you gonna get victory? Parents, let me ask you something. Will your children get victory? And will they have the focus of winning if you bail them out of every problem that comes their way? Will they? Yes or no? Anytime they do something wrong, you bail them out, will they be helped? Okay, now do you honestly think that when God said, I'll make an away escape, 
that he's relating to bailing you out? But it sounds like it, right? I'll make a way of an escape. You know, the Greek language doesn't say that. Isn't that interesting? It's translated that way, but that's not what the Greek language says. You know what the Greek language says? I'll give you the strength to endure that weight. What? Oh, no, that's what I need. I don't need God to bail me out. Oh, get away, get away. Why? Because I'm going to come straight back to that temptation. But if he gives me the ability to handle this weight, and when that temptation comes, the pressure of that temptation, now he's given me strength and ability, I then will be able to say, uh-uh, not today, temptation. My father's giving me the way to handle you. That's what the Greek language says. And that's why I need you to understand. I'm talking life. So what is this? The temptation that's pulling on me all of a sudden becomes not like it used to be because now I've been strengthened. He didn't say, I'll get rid of it. Why? Because he's not a bad parent. He's not. He's a good, good God. He's an awesome father. And his desire, his passion for us living in this world is for us to grow and mature and to become strong followers of Jesus. And the only that's going to happen is when I learn to, whoops, I tripped, but now I'm going to learn how to, whoa, I got to walk around that area. I'm going to learn how to walk a little stronger. I'm going to grow with the knowledge, the information. By the way, this is the natural principle of every life person on planet earth, which is a spiritual truth. I am learning and growing. I'm putting information to use in my life, and it's giving me the ability to have success because I'm using what I'm knowing. God's saying, listen, when you come under temptation, I'll make a way escape. In other words, I'll give you the strength to endure and empower your life to say, uh-uh, not today, not today, not today. In the midst of anxiety, pressure, what is the Lord saying? He's saying, it doesn't disappear, but the anxiety and the fear does. That's what he's saying. He's saying, when you give it to me, you've now entered, you'd entered into, we're entering into the place of maturity and strength. Because what is God wanting? See, this is really an example of the church, but what is he wanting? Is he wanting a bunch of wimpy believers running around that they can't handle anything unless God just takes care, grabs it, grabs it. And I think you, I just, I couldn't make it in life without, oh, take care of this, take care of this. Or is he wanting people for the world to be able to see, wow, they be going through what I've been going through. How are they so strong? Why are they so happy? Why are they so secure? Why do they have hope? How come they're not in turmoil? How come they're not in fear? Oh, it's not like it didn't try. I just learned the lesson of the word of God. And that is when I cast my care to God, I might have the situation on my back, but the way I view it, the way I see it, the way I perceive it, the way I understand it, he's now involved. And when he's involved, paya. I don't have those thoughts anymore. I don't have the fear anymore because he's now engaged in my life. When I'm in a temptation and it's starting to overcome, he says, I don't want you to become overcome by that temptation. I will give you the strength to up and endure. 
up and endure that temptation. In other words, I will give you the strength to be able to say no with power and to walk past that tug and that pull that's trying to pull you down. But now you know the word of God, you know God's will, and now it's not, ooh, I have a dirty mind, ooh, I have a dirty feeling, ooh. Now it's, oh, that flesh, that nature's trying to pull me to the all-you-eat buffet and to pig out and have all this gluttony in my life. But no, I'm standing strong. I'm gonna eat two enchiladas today. Because God gives me the power to say no. My flesh wants more, but my mind says no. And now I have victory. Why? The, temp, the weight was there. And it'll be there the next time I go to the buffet. It's there. But my success is not focused in on this. My success is focused in on the benefits of this in my life. He's not wanting this to be part of my life. He says, when you have this, when you are tempted, he's not expecting me to walk my whole life with this weight. That would be crazy. He's just saying, when the weight comes, cast your cares. What is exactly the cares? What is this weight really? Oh, it's because I did this. It's because I went through this. It's because I was, and all of a sudden we list all the reasons why. But he says, I know. I know it's because of you. But you don't know how much I love you. And you know what? When we look at our kids, they do stupid stuff. We know mainly it's based upon stupid. Immaturity fighting with your brother when you said, quit fighting with your brother. And they look for reasons to fight. And then I think of my life and I go, wow, I had two brothers. We never fought. <laughs> yeah, right. Constant fighting. We draw imaginary lines. Three big boys in a Volkswagen bug. Don't cross that line. How stupid is that? But we would do it. And then if they cross the line, which the whole time we're in stress and turmoil because we're looking at an imaginary line. And the brother's going, don't cry, I told you, don't touch, and the fight goes on. And then all of a sudden, if your dad was like my dad or mom, bam, bam, they're, they're driving and swinging. I don't know how they do it, but it's almost like the arm became this swivel that it's, it's not humanly impossible, but theirs was able to reach all the way around. They were like, their arms like were owl heads. And you're like going, how are you hitting me over there? And I'm back in the corner and they're getting tagged, bam, bam. And it wasn't my fault, he crossed the line. You love him more than me. Ah! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I went into fantasy land right now. All I'm saying is this is what this bird does. It brings freedom. It gives a whole different outlook. I'm on a journey with this series to get you so pumped and fired up of being a believer and recognizing that, man, you couldn't be at a better place. And as a matter of fact, all your friends, neighbors, family members ought to be receiving this stuff because they're messing your life because they don't know it. 
You need to get them on the same page. So then everything will be great. Amen? And this is what we do. We get this stuff in. We get this stuff in. And then we start allowing it to get out. Being seen through our lives more than anything else. Not words seen through our lives. Words don't carry a lot of weight. Remember how many times your parents said, you won't do this and you won't do that and you're doing it? Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, I've seen it, got me seen growing up. The key is, is actions. Speak louder than the words. No, that's not a scripture, but it is a scripture principle. Amen. Let's allow this transform our lives because I love this God that says, I know, son, you got this messed up mind, but guess what? I'm gonna help you win. I know, son, <laughs> this care wouldn't be here if you didn't do this, this, and this, but guess what? Give it to me. What a loving God. You see this? You need to. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.